everyone to another episode of Humans at Work podcast. And we are so excited today to have our lovely guest, Christine Blosdale, who is joining us. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things today. We're going to talk about podcasting. We're going to talk about mindset. And we're going to talk about conscious leadership and where conscious leadership is taking us and the effect that it is having on everyone around us. But before we get started, I'll invite Christine on. And if you can kick off, Christine, by giving out, giving a bit of an introduction of yourself, what you do, and who you normally work with, that would be ideal. Absolutely. Hello, I'm Christine Blasdale, and I'm actually a multimedia coach. I work with entrepreneurs to get their brand and their business out into the world through podcasting and vodcasting which is the video version of uh, of someone's podcast. And um, in addition to that, I'm actually also working with people helping build their confidence because a lot of very talented entrepreneurs who are the best thing since sliced bread are absolutely terrified of being on camera and speaking. So I work with them and getting over those fears. And I'm also an international best-selling author. Um, My beautiful, uh, amazing itty-bitty podcast book, has been in number one in both Australia and the United States. Very happy about that. And I'm just excited to be here to talk to you about consciousness and leadership and also, of course, the wonderful world of podcasting, which is my specialty. Beautiful. Maybe if we kick off with podcasting. So I know you run a podcast school and you have, you know, a membership group and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit what you do in and around podcasting and helping people to set up podcasts and become better podcasters? Yes. So uh, my whole my whole uh, way of coaching my clients is, first of all, it has to be fun. It, it has to be an exciting, fun thing to do, right? Because I don't want it to be dreadful for anybody. There is some technical things that you need to know, but I try to keep it very simple because my clients range from ages 35 up to 80s in their early 80s. And some of those people that are a little bit elderly are, they can be a little bit technophobic and a little afraid of technology. So I keep it really simple. The most simplest way to get your voice, your message, um, your service out into the world through podcasting and vodcasting, because this is the most important thing. What I try and tell people is that an audio podcast is amazing. It's great. You'll reach a lot of people, but the video version of that podcast is something that you really need to do because everyone's on YouTube. That's where people go for information. And that's what we we want to get people to that area to, to do video uh, podcasting. So that's how I work with people. Most of the time I do a four-week coaching program. In four weeks, four sessions, basically, we can cover everything from the, the, the genre, the look and feel of the podcast, the artwork, the branding, the theme music, all of that, and then everything from how to record it and how to edit it and then how to get it out there, how to publish it. So in those four sessions, we cover a lot. But I'm very happy because most of my clients do it by the fourth session. They've got a podcast up and running and a YouTube channel as well. So um, so far, so I'll knock on wood. So far, so good. Yeah. I might just have a client to send you away because I know that in um, in the work that I do when I'm coaching people, invariably I come across people who either would like to run a podcast or they'd love to start one, but they don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. They don't know where, who to go to. They don't know who to speak to about starting a podcast. 
So it's um, fantastic to know that I can just send those people in your direction. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. I'd love it. And, and, and it's any age. I want to really encourage people, don't think that you're too old to start a podcast because I, lit- I have one client that's 81. I ask what that client's podcast is on, like what topic is the 81 year old? Yeah, well, um, I have a lot of clients uh, from America because I'm from America. And so this particular gentleman is from Los Angeles, but he grew up in the South in America and during a very horrific time for African-Americans, he grew up actually on a plantation in the South. And so his whole... um, his whole reason for wanting to create a podcast was to share his story of forgiveness and what he experienced growing up as a young boy and as a young man with a bit of a broken family, but also just the racial injustice that he saw and he experienced. And so his podcast is not a business podcast, although I I work with people who want to do that, but his is more of a sharing stories and talking about that spirit, that that spirit that can, you know, for even someone who's been oppressed for many, many decades, um, how they can overcome that and then how they can help others. And so I'll tell you a funny little story. Um, when we were when we were going through the beginning phase of it and coming up with the the name and the the look and the feel, he said, I, I goes, Christina, I, I'm thinking I'd call my podcast um, My Little Green Frog. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, my little green frog. I said, I yelled out. I go, no, (laughs) no. He says, why? He goes, that's what my grandmother used to call me. That was her little pet name for me. I said, that is a great episode, right? Or like a chapter in a book. It's a great episode in your podcast, but people are not going to understand what that is. It's something means something to you, but people are not going to understand what that is. And that's not what the whole podcast is about. And so one of the things and I know you use your intuition. I'm very intuitive. I don't market myself as an intuitive coach, but I use all my intuitive powers that I can. And so what I saw, what came to me was plantation blues. And because he grew up on a plantation, it's something that not a lot of people have experienced. It gave you the idea of what it meant And then I basically pulled up a graphic, created the artwork for him, and I showed it to him. And I said, what do you think about this as the name of your podcast? And he literally, Michelle, he had tears in his eyes and he got choked up. And he says, oh, my goodness. Yes, that's it. And as I do with everyone I work with, I try to tell them it's not just about the podcast. Think about that podcast, vodcast as a possible book, as a movie as uh, a course, there's so many different things that you can do and you can repurpose your content. So for him, I saw that book and I saw that movie in my head. I just needed to convey it to him. And, um, and after conveying it to him, he said, yeah, that's it. That's, that's what it should be. So it's not going to be my little green frog. It's plantation blues. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a really interesting story for a range of reasons. But what I'm thinking of is that, um, you know, with his podcast particularly in sharing his stories around growing up on the plantation and focusing on forgiveness like you're talking about, he is raising the consciousness of other humans around him. And that just give me, gives me goosebumps just to think about that, you know, to be able to be involved with someone who's doing that. 
But my question is, do you see that with a lot of podcasters, like the impact? What's the impact that podcasters are having on humanity? Well, it's interesting because most, I'd say if not all, of my clients, my my coaching clients, are people that want to give back to the world in some way. So I have another client who's in her 70s, and she is a master Reiki healer. She's also um, been a master hypnotherapist for 30 years or something like that. And she has a practice at, uh, in Los Angeles, but she wanted to reach a wider audience. And she grew up in uh, Brooklyn. So she's got this Brooklyn, New York accent. And she just wanted to reach more people. So I coached her for the four-week program, gave her the confidence. That's the other thing. She just needed that confidence to know that she could do it. And now she went off. She's been doing so many episodes. Every week she has a new episode. Um, She's interviewed Pat Benatar and all these different amazing people. And it's, it's not for the reason of making more money in her practice or getting more clients for her. It's the, 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 the driving force, the driving energy is to help people heal um, from trauma, from, you know, from those old stories that we tell ourselves. And so a lot of my clients are that way. I have a therapist who just launched her podcast as well. And uh, now she's excited because she's reaching more people instead of her, just her, her Los Angeles based practice. Now she can reach people in other countries, you know, all around the world. And um, if they want more information, of course, they can contact her and they can book a session. But it's really about helping people. And, I, you know, I love that so much because when if people are on their own path to raising consciousness, they often don't understand that it is as simple as the podcasts that you listen to and as simple as the books that you choose to read and as simple as the people that you choose to speak to that are going to help raise your vibration. Absolutely. You know, it's it's every single one of those choices at every step in our life determines what level of consciousness we're going to be at. Oh, definitely. I, I, I personally, like, I, I can't, it's because my, I physically can't and spiritually can't watch really violent um, um, programming or scary, you know, like even as a kid growing up as a teenager, people would want to see those really horrible films, the slash them up films and things like that. And I just couldn't handle it. I, I couldn't, I didn't like the energy. I didn't like that feeling and of witnessing somebody being harmed in any way really repulsed me. So I've always stayed away from it. Um, and that's why I think also the work that I've done in, you know, conscious leadership and conscious business, conscious entrepreneurship has, has gone as, as far as it has, because I want to help. I want to help people. Um, I want them to be, have happier lives, more abundant lives. I don't want them to see them suffer in any way. So I think it's very important. The same thing is what you drink, what you eat, what you consume, what you're listening to has an impact on you. And um, I think it's really important that we pay attention to that. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about conscious business. You you start, you start do hear that phrase a little bit more these days than what you ever yeah. used to, but I think it's still a relatively new concept for people to put the word consciousness and business together in one sentence. So tell us a bit about what that means to you and how you work with other conscious businesses. Yeah, well, what we there's got to be a better name for it. I think there's there's it's been called conscious commerce, comp, conscious capitalism, which is horrible. It's just like no, no, no. Um, but it's it's really, 
acting in a way in your business, in your service, in your products um, from a win-win-win type of perspective. And it's based on your integrity, um, a bit on your authenticity, but it's really on your integrity. And remember, I did, I was in radio broadcasting for 20 years. And so I was on a microphone. No one saw me, right? It wasn't through video. It wasn't television. It was radio in Los Angeles. And so all they could do is hear my voice and feel my intention. And so I was able to, over that 20 years, really hone in that intention to send out to people through the way that I speak. So the way that you speak, if, if I'm interviewing someone, I could look at a piece of paper and just ask questions. Um, so where did you grow up? And then they answer, uh, you know, where were you at, at 10 years old? Where did you live? Da, da, da. And I could have a checklist of questions, right? I could just go through those questions, no matter what you answered, and just keep going on to the next. And I've, I've heard this, you might have heard this with, with interviewers, people having someone on the podcast or on a radio interview, and they just go to the next question. The person could have said, well, I invented gold, you know, or I, just, <laughs> I, I, I invented the internet. And they're like, okay, yes. Yeah. So where did you grow up? Okay. <laughs> so what it is, is really listening to that other person. So even if it's really listening to a client or listening to a customer, really listening, and then coming from a place of, of good intention, meaning, wow, even taking a moment. So if someone tells you something that they overcame, an obstacle or um, a trauma that they overcame, right? It's taking a moment to pray, to, to honor that, to honor that feeling and to honor that, that experience and to say, wow. You went through that at such a young age. That's that's amazing. And just pausing and just being and feeling that integrity, your audience feels. The people that are watching you on a video, they feel that. The people listening to you on a podcast or on a radio show, they feel that. And so that's what I try and coach, like I said, all my clients, all my podcasting clients, but many of them have businesses. And I said, that's the way you're going to resonate with those right customers and clients mm. is when they can feel that you're not just trying to get another sale. You're not just rushing them through, rushing them through. You're saying, you know what? You're important to me and I'm going to spend time, my valuable time with you. So let's make sure that this is a win, 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 that you are getting something great out of it. And the world is getting something great out of it. And your customers are getting something great out of it. And so everybody wins. Um, and I think that's a bit, that's a long explanation of conscious entrepreneurship or conscious mm. commerce. Oh, I know. I had my own experience um, on Friday, actually. My, a colleague of mine who is working in the conscious human leadership space with me as well, um, we were writing our website copy for the conscious human leadership program that we've got on our webpage. And it was just one of those situations that's like you can't even really describe it verbally because it was one of those things where you had to be there. But we were so in flow and we were so present and we were so resonating with each other that we were on exactly the same wavelength about I was just talking and she was just writing and she was converting some of the stuff I was saying and adding in her own spin to it as she was writing. But the page that we wrote afterwards 
like we've never written a better page. It was, <laughs> it was a phenomenal page, you know. We were so excited and so um, so happy about it and particularly because it had to do with conscious leadership but we really birthed it from a conscious place. That's And that's the best feeling in the world and that's where you get pure enjoyment because then it's not a job. Then it's not a, you know, it's not a duty. It's nothing like that. I, like I said, all of the clients that I work with, they are on that. They have tapped into that consciousness way of living. And so every time that I, we get to meet, it's a, it's a privilege for me and it's fun and it's, it's exciting. It's like meeting an old classmate, you know, an old mate that you haven't seen for lifetimes and you get to reconnect. The other thing is that's really important is that we all have we all have something important to contribute. And so when your energy mixes with another person's, if it's a collaboration, that's another thing that's really important in conscious um, entrepreneurship or conscious business is not just this idea of me just going it alone and and struggling and I'm going to work really hard and you know, try and make as many sales as possible. It's when you join forces with others that have like minds and like hearts, you birth something completely new and something that you couldn't do by yourself. And, and there's also no, uh, there's not that scarcity model of, oh, there's not enough to go around. It's again, that win, 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 they'll win. I'll win. The audience wins. The our customers win, our clients win. That type of, of energy has legs. It just it just does. I so agree. I couldn't agree with you anymore. And it abundance generates abundance, you know. Absolutely. And if we go forward with that kind of mindset um, in relation to other people and in relation to ourselves and our lives, then I think things will be much easier. When we use the word consciousness, everyone's meaning something different. So what is it for you when you use the word consciousness or you talk about conscious something, what do you, what do you actually mean by that? I think it's a, it's a cross between um, authenticity and integrity. It much, much of it is your intentions. And so it's an internal thing for me. It's an internal thing, right? Um, I do believe I'm always connected to source uh, and that source being my higher self or the universe God, love, whatever you want to call it. We there's no real name for for it. Um, so I believe that I'm always sort of I'm always connected to that. And when I pay attention, um, I'm told those things. Right. Um, several years ago, I was going into a, a petrol station, a gas station for Americans, petrol station for Aussies, uh, and there was a woman outside who was obviously, she was homeless and she was um, just standing outside. Maybe she was asking for money or something like that. And I needed to go in real quick because I was late for something. And I was like, I got to go in and get my gas and, and get out of here. And as I walked by her, this voice, this feeling, my whole heart basically went towards her. And there was a little like tap on my shoulder, like you need to this person is somebody that you need to connect with. Don't just walk by and just go home or, you know, go to your appointment. And so I was inside, I was like, Oh, I'm running late. Okay. Okay. And I stopped and I listened to that. And when I went outside, I brought her some food, um, some bottled water. And I just said, I was just told that I need to speak with you. And 
to talk to you. And I said, how are you, dear? And she looked at me like nobody's talked to me. People have walked by me. They've ignored me. They're disgusted by me. But you're actually talking to me. And I said, of course, of course. And she was so taken aback by that. Then I got another hit. And the other hit was this woman needs a night of rest. And I asked her, how long has it been since you had a good night's sleep? And she said, I don't. It's been months. She said, because she lives outside and she's in fear constantly. And so again, that hit again, you're going to make sure she has a good night's sleep. And I look up and there's a motel. There's a little motel across the street. And I said, okay. So I said, do you, do you trust me? She goes, yes. I said, get in my car. We're going right there. She's like, what? We go there. I say, stay here. Don't go anywhere. I walk into the motel, the little reception area. And I said, I'm paying for this woman to spend the night. I want her to have a late checkout. I don't want you to hassle her about anything. I will pay for any incidentals. I will pay for anything, but I want to pay you now for that. And he was so moved that a stranger did that for somebody. He said, don't you worry. She'll be taken care of. She'll have a late checkout. She'll have whatever she needs. Thank you. And I went back to the car, brought the keys to her. And I said, tonight, you're going to be able to rest. You're going to put your head on a pillow and sleep. And don't worry about anyone hurting you. You can watch some t- TV. You can have a shower, take a bath, relax. And she cried and said, I'm so grateful to you for doing this. And I told her, I'm so grateful to you that I was able to do it, that I was allowed that opportunity to do this. So again, there was a choice and there was a moment where I could have just walked by her and said, why doesn't she have a job? <laughs> whatever, whatever people say, right? But instead I listened to that consciousness. I listened to that voice, whatever you want to call it. I listened to it. Maybe it was my higher self just speaking to me, but I listened to it and I recognized it and I took action instead of just saying, oh, no, 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 I'm just, I'm too busy. Mm. And you know what? I got to my destination. I was fine at my destination. I just told them what happened and they said, thank God you did that. That's brilliant. That's wonderful. So I guess in a, as an analogy, as a story, it's listening to that voice or that pull that you have, right? Yeah, and even when sometimes the pull, like you said, sometimes the pull or the voice is inconvenient. Sometimes it's (laughs) a time that doesn't suit us. Sometimes it's telling us to do something that we would never normally do. But I think, you know, I think you're right. I'm just resonating with what you're saying so much because I know so many times in my own life where I've been able to do things a little bit similar, like different circumstances, but a little bit similar storylines where the upshot is you've been able to listen to your higher self or listen to that voice of God or however you might like to describe it, that it works in your life. I don't think the words of how it works actually matter. It's it's the purpose, you know, and it's the, like you're saying, it's the integrity of listening to yourself and acting on something that you know to be right. And if, if we do that, in all ways, in all days, in all decisions in our lives, then our consciousness creeps up and up and up and up and up 
until suddenly we're, you know, at peace, love and joy and we're wondering how we got there. It's, it's, um, it's the, the giving tree. It really is. When the, the, the idea too with the giving tree is that the giving tree, it, it never runs out of fruit. So if you're bearing fruit and you're giving fruit to other people who need it, you're never going to go without because you are, you're a tree that just keeps growing. You, you know, you're going to keep growing the fruit. Um, and we have so many times we judge people, right? And that's the thing is that I've, you can walk by someone who looks like, I mean, they're obviously disheveled or they, or they, they're smelling because they've been on the street or they're begging on the street. And we're so quick as human beings to judge and to say, oh, you're this or you're that. Or we could even go into a supermarket and see an elderly person having a hard time, maybe with the trolley, you know, going to their car, putting the groceries away. My immediate thing is always to jump in and help because you don't know what that person's been through. You don't know, especially if it's someone who's homeless, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know their life. And so just showing that bit of kindness, it's a ripple effect because you don't know what that's going to do to that person's life. You don't know how they're then going to treat other people, right? And I think that's very much how consciousness works. It is a ripple effect and it is something you catch from someone else. <laughs> you know, if someone does something that's kind for you, it makes you want to do something kind for another person. And, and I think there's, there's a purity to it, you know, as humans who are all in different stages of consciousness there's a purity to the idea of wanting to raise our consciousness and raise our vibration and being aware it's just we're so unaware we walk in our own world and we'll see some people will walk by and they'll see someone struggling with something and they'll just walk by and the thing is is that when you really understand consciousness we're one we are one so Mm -hmm. that woman that i walked by in the petrol station is me and and I am her and we're all connected we're all interconnected every little bit little parts of me are in you and in you know in the trees and the animals and we are all connected when you have a close like a near-death experience um I don't know I've talked to a lot of people who have I've had a a few of them but when you have a near-death experience you realize you really are connected to everything and so you don't you you don't you want to of course you know help someone or if there's an animal that's hurting on the side of the road you want to help them because you're connected to them. Mm-hmm. Tell us in in terms of conscious leadership, there's a lot of leaders that apparently struggle with being more conscious. What are some practical tips that you could give to leaders who might be listening to this podcast? in order for them to raise their consciousness some really practical to-do things that that people can go away, they can jump off this podcast and they can say, right, I can do X, Y, and Z. Yes. Well, the number one thing that I would suggest is um, to really have a heart-to-heart discussion with your ego. Where, Where most people fail or falter is in their ego. And that could be in relationships. That can be in leadership positions. Um, I was I was lucky enough to be um, asked to be a general manager of a major radio station in Los Angeles. And it was supposed to only be for a few weeks, actually, originally, and it ended up being a full year. And uh, there was someone that was on staff that when I was a coworker, 
a, a regular normal employee, they treated me horribly. Like, I mean, horribly. This was like the most vitriol. I think we had, a, I know we've had a past life together because this person was so mean to me. And then when I became the general manager, I could have made that person's life a little miserable, right? That little payback. I could have said, hmm, I'm going to do this to you because you treated me so badly, or I'm going to withhold opportunities for you. And when I got into that position of leadership at the radio station, I completely said, you know what? It's what's best for the audience. It's what's best for the staff. It's what's best for the the radio station, not my own personal vendetta. I'm not going to use this as my own ha ha ha. I'm going to get back at you. And I think that shocked him, but it also, he respected me highly for it and it changed our dynamics. So after that, his whole attitude towards me changed because he was like, wow, you had the knife and you didn't cut me basically. So getting your ego in check you know, having a good ego when it comes to, you know, doing things in life, that's great, but it can really ruin relationships and, um, and, and, and your leadership abilities. Too many people have an ego that is out of control. And if somebody says something and they, you take it personally and, and you say, well, what do people think about me? And you worry about that. You're never going to grow. You won't grow. And you'll, and you'll hurt some people in the process as well. Mm. Mm. so checking your ego at the door have you got one more tip for us check your ego at the door um and for me uh, i guess it's been a guiding principle ever since i was little is just knowing that everything is temporary and um so if you're going through some rough patches and you're some rough times realize that it's just temporary that it's not how things are always going to be we tend to hone in on the negative things we tend to hone in on what's wrong and not take inventory of what's right and what we've done right we like to beat ourselves up so in addition to kind of checking that ego at the door it's also about not being so hard on yourself and realizing that if you have a little bit of a rough patch it's okay things are temporary and ask for guidance say you know what say to if it's the universe or god or love or your higher self whatever you feel comfortable with, just say, hey, you know what? Help me out here a little bit. Give me some guidance. Give me not a sign necessarily, but give me those people and resources that can help me um, make it through. I do it whenever I go to the dentist and I hate going to the dentist, but whenever I do go to the dentist and I know I need to because my teeth need to be helped, right? So I'll go to the dentist and she's grinding in there and it's hurting. I ew, Tooth tooth pain and, and dental work is just something I don't like. But what I do is number one, I hum through whatever's going on. I hum and I keep saying in my, I have a mantra. This is only temporary. It's only temporary. It's only temporary. And lo and behold, that gets me through the painful part. And it is, it's only temporary. And then when they're all done, she says, rinse your mouth out. I'm like, ah, that was great. And then you walk around with a beautiful smile. So instead of just saying, this is horrible, I can't believe how horrible this is, this is so painful, this sucks, get your mind out of it a little bit. This is only temporary. And if it helps to hum, hum. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So the three tips, I check your ego at the door, hum when you need to hum, 
to calm yourself in difficult situations yes. and remind yourself that life is only temporary. It's only Everything temporary. Is temporary. It's just I think that's going to be next thing. I think that's going to be on my. T- I, I'm actually not going to have a tombstone, um, or you know, uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to be uh, hopefully um, have my ashes scattered. But if I had a tombstone, it would be this is only temporary. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I think that is a beautiful way to wrap up. And let me just say it has been deep, it has been beautiful, and it's been very insightful. So thank Thank you so much. Before we do wrap up, please tell people how to find you. Where do we go to find you? Oh, it's super easy. Just go. It's my name. It's christineblasdale.com, and it's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-B-L-O-S-D-A-L-E.com. Just my name. And you can find out all, all my information there, all the courses that I have. I have a boot camp as well, the Boss AF Boot Camp, which we meet every two weeks. And we talk about all kinds of different things, publicity, um, marketing. Um, oh, my goodness. A little bit of podcasting, video creation, TikTok, everything. And that's at bossafbootcamp.com. Fantastic. Thanks again, Christine. And for listeners who are new to our Humans at Work podcast, this is the series of interviews around conscious human leadership. So stay tuned for the rest of them. Take care and have a great day. 